0: Hi, my name is Peter Maestri and you're listening to Divorce, the first six months. If you're someone who's about to go through a divorce or maybe you're just healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories that you're going to listen to focus on people that have been through a divorce, but more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. Hi guys, um, you have just tuned into Divorce the first six months and I am your host, Peter Maestri. Today we're talking to Madeline Roswatt. And did I say that correctly?
1: Roswatt. Yeah.
0: Roswatt. not messed it up.
1: It's all good. Well, no. Well, I mean, we've never had that conversation before. so. Yeah.
0: And Maddie is um, divorced. It's been about, about a year and a half. And today we're going to learn a little bit about her and um, what happened. So Maddie tell us, describe what was the first six months like for you?
1: Um, The first six months of the divorce, I assume you mean, Mm -hmm. like once we decided to file. Um, Well, the first six months, let's see. So let me just preface this by saying that I did not have a typical divorce in that it was incredibly mutual. um, And there was no situation where somebody cheated or like some really horrible, catastrophic event took place. I had by all means, a very civil divorce. So I was very lucky in that sense. However, I mean, it was still incredibly heartbreaking and difficult and sort of a a long, difficult process to get there, to get to agree to that point. Um, But I'd say the first six months, the thing that really got to me was the fact that it was just so up and down and there was nothing about the process that was linear. Um, You had some days where, and I would vary by like, every hour how I was failing. Um, there'd be some days that were really difficult and some days that were great. And there was never like this trajectory of getting better day by day by day. It was just a total, you know, it was kind of messy as far as the healing process
0: goes. Say more about the difficult and the great, like what are some examples that you would, that you can paint for us?
1: Um, well, one of the things I wanted to do when I decided to get divorced was I was living and I'm still here. I was in San Francisco and I had just moved back up here. So I grew up, let me explain. I grew up in the Bay area, but I was in LA for about six years. And then my ex got a job in San Francisco and initially I wasn't going to move with him, but through a, variety of reasons I ended up coming up here. And luckily I had some childhood friends up here. So I did have some community up here. But when I, we decided to get divorced, I realized that all of my friends up here who I knew were in relationships. So when it came time for weekends and going out with single friends, I didn't have a single, single friend. <laughs> and so one of the things I really had to do early on was build community. Um, and so I went out of my way to, um, just be as much of a joiner as possible. And luckily I'm a runner. And so I joined a couple different running groups. So the good, the things that were really, like, were really good for me during that time was meeting new people who I could become friends with and like actually go out with on the weekends, because these were, this was a very social bunch, especially in these different groups. Um, And then the difficult times was this sort of up and down of finding like trying to distract myself, trying to build community, throwing myself into work, but then allowing myself those moments to just rest and feel it because at some point you're going to feel the pain and you can't just kind of rush past it. Um, So I'd say that was kind of the downs. It was taking those moments to like just let myself feel like shit because um, you just have to
0: how important was it to allow yourself to feel
1: um it was incredibly important because um i was gonna say something and then i just forgot what um it's i'm like you and that i it's not normal for me or i think normal is a poor choice of words i don't typically try to let myself sit in sadness um but it is important to feel it because if you don't, for me, what happens when I don't let myself be sad? It comes out in the form of anxiety instead. It releases in some way, um, and so it's really necessary for me to sit there and do that. Um, and it's really just a balancing act. I tried to find the balance of kind of snapping myself out of you, to f- snapping myself out of it, if you will, and um, trying to be really busy with work and hang out with people, but then allow myself the time to feel crappy and also um, find the balance of talking to my friends about it, but then also not making that the entire conversation. So it was kind of navigating my feelings and riding the wave, if you will, because sometimes the sadness would come when I wouldn't expect it. Um, So it was very much a riding the wave experience and trying to find the balance between pleasure and shit, basically.
0: (laughs) How do you regulate that? Like when you're with your friends and I mean, nobody wants to be a downer, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it's like if somebody asks you how your day is going, you have the right to tell them how your day is going.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd say the way I did it was, for starters, I mean, I'm not using a stopwatch, but I would generally time myself. I would kind (laughs) of like check in be like, how long have I been talking about me? Um, And (laughs) also, I would, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not the only one going through stuff. So the way I balanced it out was it's kind of like any friendship you talk about yourself and then you ask how they are and you focus on their problems for about at least half the conversation. So I think that was really how I did it. I would, when they would ask about me, I would talk about myself, but I would make sure at least 50% of the conversation was about them. Um, and so I'd say that's really the best way to do it. You just kind of continue to be a decent friend. Um, yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Is it, was it an easy conversation to have?
1: Uh, definitely not easy. But no, it wasn't an easy, it depended on the friend, honestly. I have some friends who know my soul and I mean, they'd be able to predict what I was going to say before I could say it. And with those people, it's easier. Um, The thing that was interesting about when we got divorced was um uh, My ex and I had the kind of relationship where we just didn't we didn't fight in public. That was part of one of his things. I have no problem screaming my head off in public. He doesn't <laughs> like to have public fights, and both of us were mature enough people where if we were having issues and say one of us had a work event, we could put it on pause and be there for each other and then fight later. We would pick it up back up. But the reason I'm telling you this is because most people had no clue we had problems. Many people said we were like the couple they look to. So when we got told people we were getting divorced, a lot of people were kind of crushed by it because they didn't see it coming, yeah. uh, including our parents, which was interesting. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they were not happy. Um, but uh, basically with the friends where it really surprised them, it was a lot of walking them through what we were going through, rather than leaning than us leaning on them. So I think that was especially challenging when we almost had to like explain ourselves rather than find a sense of support.
0: So in a way you were like a celebrity at a press conference.
1: <laughs> sure. What was,
0: what was that like? What do, how do you prepare for that? Cause like when you're going through that and you mean you're, you're in your muck, right? You're in, you're, you're solving it yourself and then you're having to explain it to you. and people genuinely, when they support, the people that don't know how to support you, right? The ones that don't yeah. know, that chime in, those are the ones that I feel have the most opinions. Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. How do you how did you prepare for that? Because it sounds like you and your your ex went through it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it depended on who it was. You know, every person's different. And luckily I I'm <laughs> I'm one of those types of people. I don't really have casual friends. I'm either really close to somebody or just not that in my life. So I have a pretty good sense of how the different people around me are going to react. So I could usually plan a little bit, like I'd have a good sense of what they were going to ask me and how to handle that. And obviously there were surprises that came. um, But I just tried to be as honest as I could about it. And luckily it was so mutual that it wasn't just me shit-talking him. I was explaining like, well, here were our, our incompatibilities. This was what he needed. I wasn't giving it. Here's what I needed. He couldn't give it. You know, like it was just kind of make the conversation as balanced and try and, I mean, I understood where he was coming from and obviously I understood where I was coming from. So when I would explain it to them, I could kind of do the best I could to explain both sides of what happened between us. And um, it was emotionally brutal. And I had some friends. This is the nice thing about the friends who really know me. Those were the people I leaned on. Those are the people where when I was having a horrible day, I could call them and they were just there for me. And then I have the other tier of friends where I was like mentally ready to explain myself rather than be a mess around them. So it kind of, I almost categorized friends in different ways based on how I knew they were going to react and knew which ones were going to be just straight up support for me. And other ones I'd be kind of handholding them.
0: Yeah. I had the same thing in my, my coaches. I named them the good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> like I had the good one, the one it was that the, ugly. <laughs> like the ugly one was the one that would just like wanted revenge and murder and, and <sighs> Yeah, and well. was, Oh, you got to destroy them and this and that, and that's then it's helpful. <laughs> yeah. It's helpful to, to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. Thank you once again for giving us your time. This started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable, so I'm going to challenge you right now. If it made a difference. Reach out and tell somebody. It really does make a difference. Thank you once again for giving us your time. This started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable, so I'm going to challenge you right now it made a difference reach out and tell somebody it really does make a difference